we're very um, dedicated and we push for education. We pay for education. If the kids come in and come to work for Cavalier Fire and they're taking a class that's related to their job, whether it could be accounting, we have accounting and sales positions in here as well. And uh, our sales positions involve estimating. You have to have a little more experience once you're involved in that. But it's, it's a full-service company, and, and we offer a lot of career opportunities for people to grow and have different career paths, whether you want to work in the fields with your hands or come into the office or come into the office later after you've worked in the field a while. We are developing students for the industry, career technical education, so that they become our replacements. These young people have chosen this opportunity to get a jump start on their career. They'll have a better idea uh, about what they want to do and what they're good at by the time they leave high school. There's some great opportunities for these students that are coming out of the career and technical programs from Henrico County. Hello, hello, and welcome to another edition of Henrico CTE. Now I'm Rashawn Garnett, and with me I have Mike Roberts. And uh, today, guys, we are away from the office. A long way. A long way from the <laughs> office and in, in beautiful dumb freeze Virginia even though it's not so beautiful outside right now as of this recording <laughs> it was raining man I didn't expect to see any rain here until 2 o'clock p.m. today but it came a little bit earlier as we're recording in the a.m. I want to say thank you guys for joining us here again we got another special guest for you to listen to and learn from about their industry and about the opportunities inside of that industry but first I want to remind you to check us out on Facebook Instagram YouTube TikTok and Twitter all at the handle Henrico CTE Check out HenricoCTE.com for information about all the awesome things that we offer in our programs and uh, signing day. Signing day, uh, as of this recording, is uh, next week. Wait, yep. is it next week? It's next week. It's next week it already? It is next week. Oh, man. No, signing day, next week, as of this recording. So, congratulations to all the students moving on to the wonderful world of work. Also, we have summer programs that are open for registration. Uh, just visit, uh, and here's Mike's favorite part of the show where I get just to tell say him just do the, the search. URL. <laughs> the URL is no, horrible. I want to say the URL <laughs> to give a more direct path. But if you don't feel like typing the whole URL in, then you can search on the website summer programs. But HenricoCTE.com forward slash summer hyphen programs forward slash. See, I tried to say it faster so it wouldn't sound yeah. that bad. Last one was <laughs> Last so long. And then usually I go forward slash summer hyphen. Okay, but again, that's HenricoCTE.com forward slash summer hyphen programs forward slash. And we have two programs available to students for ninth and 12th graders, uh, our summer polytech program, and then summer building trades uh, for rising 10th and 11th graders only mike tell them where they can find the podcast you can find the podcast at all of your major and most of your minor podcast venues use your favorite app look us up uh, like and subscribe so that you don't miss an episode we do uh, every other week which is about two a month and we've got four years of content so uh, listen to some shows plenty of time to binge and mike do we have any new international folks oh, to mention we're under 100 away from uh, hitting our 6,000 viewer our listener Perfect. our fan and we've also got oh Ukraine is our latest country yeah, we've Ukraine. got a follower in Ukraine yep. and it popped up on the radar the other week and I was kind of surprised but yep we've got a Ukraine <laughs> listener Yeah, hopefully. so welcome welcome hopefully we're making things a little bit easier for the folks uh, I guess uh, learning about <laughs> CT and careers here uh, but it's just good general information that we provide oh, yeah. for anybody I'm sure you can take it and apply it where necessary but without uh, any further delay 
we have our guest here with us today. We are inside. I mentioned Cavalier Fire Protection. We're going to learn more about what those folks do here. But to tell us about that, tell us about the wonderful work that Cavalier Fire Protection does. We have President Correct, Bob Beckwith? I, I'm one of the owners. Joe Amberger's the president. Gotcha. Owner, Mr. Bob Beckwith. And Bob, the last time we spoke, man, we were at Regency, that Regency project. You guys got a chance to come out and, and visit and see what the kids are working on. If you're not familiar, basically, we got a portion of Regency that we're going to use and, and renovate and use for adult education. But the students are all doing that. The, the students in our trades programs are all doing the work to build that building and make it ready. So what was that experience like for you? That was absolutely awesome. I, I couldn't believe when we got down to the Regency Mall, they had the whole lower level that they were working on. You know, you had students doing demo guys doing drywall, doing electrical work, you know, we're with the American Fire Sprinkler Association, the Virginia chapter, and we're committed to helping out with the fire alarm and the fire sprinkler work at the Regency Mall. We think it's a fantastic idea working together with the public and the private sector. I think it'll be a great thing for the school system and a tremendous, fantastic thing for all of the businesses that are able to expose these kids to the different trades. Because a lot of them, you know, they have no idea what the fire sprinkler and fire alarm trades offer, what careers are out there. And you guys were speaking earlier about having a Ukrainian person listen to your podcast. Well, here at Cavalier Fire, one of the things we're involved in is embassy work throughout the world. So it's very interesting. We've worked in um, North Africa. I came back from Mali a few months ago. Worked in Gabon, which is more in Central Africa on the Atlantic coast side. We've worked in a dangerous place, unfortunately, called Yemen, Brazil, Spain. So we've had some uh, pretty good opportunities if any of these kids out there are listening and want to get involved in international work. Not only do we do the installations out there, we do the designs of these systems. You get certified, we'll send you out there to do the commissioning, the testing and inspection of these systems. Right now, I do a lot of that. I do a lot of the validation and verification of the specification and the engineering to make sure we're doing the jobs as per spec for the U.S. government. But there's just, you know, there's different avenues that kids can go into, but that's one of them. Will you go out there your first year? No, but after a couple years of experience and getting the right certifications, you could be going either testing, installing, or designing, and going out to these embassies, and really seeing the world without having to enlist in the military. How good is that? All your expenses are paid. But what we do here at Cavalier Fire, we're located in Dumfries, Virginia. We offer career opportunities in engineering, for the design of sprinkler system, the installation of fire sprinkler systems, some fabrication, which would cover welders that are in the CTE program. We also do inspection and testing for fire alarm systems and for fire sprinkler systems. So what's involved in that, you know, you you sign up, you get involved in an apprenticeship program, and we put you through a four-year training program. You can go to the installation side, or you can go over to the ITM, which is Inspection, Testing, and Maintenance, where you'll learn about fire sprinkler and fire alarm systems. We're very um, dedicated, and we push for education. We pay for education. If the kids come in and come to work for Cavalier Fire, and they're taking a class that's related to their job, whether it could be accounting, we have accounting and sales positions in here as well. And uh, our sales positions involve estimating. You have to have a little more experience once you're involved in that. But it's it's a full-service company, and, and we offer a lot of career opportunities for people to grow and have different career paths, whether you want to work in the fields with your hands or come into the office or come into the office later after you've worked in the field a while. People don't realize that probably 30 to 40% of the people that own sprinkler companies 
came up as a helper, believe it or not. This is a career where you can become a business owner. But you have to be motivated. You have to get out, learn the trade. You have to know the trade and get educated and come in and you could potentially be a business owner. Awesome. So let's talk a little bit about entry-level positions. What are some of those entry-level positions look like and what kind of skills would you like to see some of those students have when they come through the door? Okay. So the the, the best thing that we want to see with our new applicants, we, we want to have a strong work ethic positive attitude we want somebody that's reliable showing up every day we want a good listener you have to be a good listener in in any business but especially in this one because there are safety concerns on the job sites you have to listen to your foreman or your lead service tech so they guide you in the right direction so you work safely on the job sites we're also looking for people with the can-do attitude you know they're not afraid to get out there and put their hands on something they're not fearful we want ambitious people we want people that want to grow and move up in the trade we offer opportunities this isn't a trade where you have to wait like you have if potentially a federal government position for somebody to retire if you're the best you get moved on and and that's the greatest thing about being involved in the private sector and being involved in fire protection what is fire protection? Well, it's it's all about saving lives. It's all about your fire detection systems, your smoke detectors, your heat detectors, the fire sprinklers that are above you in the ceilings. There's pumps and pump rooms that provide pressure. You would learn about all these systems. We even have computerized systems that are hooked up into computer rooms and they're hooked up in different museums and other applications where you don't want water into the system. So a couple things have to happen before you get water in the system. I don't want to get too technical and geeky here, <laughs> but it's it's there's all kinds of avenues for for young people to take. And back to your entry level. So entry level, we would be looking for a CAD operator potentially for our design department. They because you, just have you to, design the systems too, right? You yeah, said that we, earlier. we do the design on the system, on the blueprints, on the CAD. So and we'd also have on the inspection side, we have inspection helpers, techs that are apprentice that we teach how to do the inspection and testing, filling out their reports. Everything is computer-based. They send it in off of tablets or off their phones. So, you know, we're, we're working on on the edge of technology, and, and we're happy to provide that training and the opportunity. We also have the field installation, going to the job site, getting to the job early, beating traffic, getting out early, beating traffic, and getting home. And then, you know, a couple and years later, you drive by a building. Beating traffic living in dumpers. Oh, it's definitely <laughs> up in Northern Virginia. But the greatest thing is I have so many guys that tell me, hey, you know, two years ago, we put that building in. You know, there's a sense of pride yeah. that they have thinking that, hey, man, this is something that I did, you you know, and it's it's uh, it, it really hits your heart, and they are saving lives because buildings that have fire protection rarely have fatalities, as long as the system's maintained and in service. I mean, and and Mike, you know, we hear it all the time. Anytime we're talking about a trade or any business where, where there's construction involved, they always talk about how those folks who were involved in the building process can look back and say, I did that. You got the students that, that are um, working on our house project. Yeah. For years after they graduate, they can, as they driving through a neighborhood and they, they can point out to their children or their girlfriends or wives or what, say, oh, I helped build that house. Or then you've got the ones in, in the, they get into the commercial stuff and they say, I worked on that building. I helped put in the sprinkler system in that building. I put in the HVAC in that building. When I was a kid, my dad could say, I was a crane operator and I helped build Regency Mall, which we were just talking yeah, about. Yeah, you know, sure. he helped build that mall. Absolutely. You know, and um, sometimes people will say, I worked there. I worked on that 
project right. on that building. You know, so it's it's really cool, and yeah. it's a lot of it's a sense of pride and a nostalgia for people to be able to look back and say, you know, remember the times when they were doing that, and it's just it's just an awesome feeling. So, Bob, did, are there any projects that you could think of that maybe? you pass on the daily or come across it you say hey you know I, I, I put my, I'm proud I, I have my hand in that well we're, we're always looking around and, and we pass these office buildings you know medical buildings and things that we're involved in hospitals fire stations you know police stations courthouses those are the ones that you're really looking at because the public buildings are around forever they stay they, they have the same look to them and, and usually they're built for 50 to 75 years so they're built with really good materials so they don't deteriorate so you go by and like we did Fairfax County Courthouse or we've done five or six fire stations in Fairfax and Prince William County and and right now we're negotiating for another one in Fairfax you you do drive by the buildings and say you know I'll I'll point out to my wife you know and I'll say oh we did that and we did that one she goes oh that's that's really nice and we have a new job here in Dumfries that um, the new casino there's going to be a large casino that's covering probably 30 40,000 square feet you're going to have a seven-story hotel and a four or five-story parking garage that we're going to be providing the fire protection right up here in Dumfries. We can see it from our windows here. That'll be a great project. I can just look up and wave to the guys <laughs> telling them to get to work. We can uh, keep that going. But you do look at these jobs when you drive by. I mean, we have some, some government facilities that we work in at Quantico and Fort Belvoir and Dahlgren areas. And it's nice to go in and you take these old buildings because they do these remodels for these buildings. And we go in and we retrofit them with sprinklers and put fire protection in a building that's never had. But they're historic. And you see all this cool construction. Yeah, We're up in Richmond at the Defense Logistics Agency. And they have a building there that stores many Japanese submarines that they caught off the coast during World War II. And oh, that, my how goodness. Cool they're keeping them in storage? Yeah. They're, really? they're not in a museum. And I'm like, same thing. I was <laughs> thinking, why are these? But maybe they have some in some museums. I'm not really sure. Yeah. But you go to this facility, and then they take you down to the beginnings of the warehouse that we were retrofitting. And it was made of wood structure compared to the steel. Let's just say this thing had seven bays in it, and the last two were wood, and they were all hand-dowled. And I'm looking up at that, and I'm asking the guy, I said, what in the world with these? He goes, these were the original warehouses. Wow that were built by German prisoners in World War II. And it's like, wow, <laughs> wow. who would have known up in Richmond and yeah. the Defense to Logistics Agency that they would have had this historic and building that was built by German, and the Germans were precise. It was beautiful construction and gave them something to do, and it's yeah. probably a good thing for the inspectors. And, and the, I mean, yeah, the, the submarines were initially kept because they were put on trailers and traveled the country to sell war bonds. It was the, a way to bolster the war effort, make sure that people understood you know what they were you know their kids were fighting for they toured the country I, i've seen the stories on those kind of cool i had no idea we had them well right in richmond it's the former defense dgsc well it's, no it's the, DL, the it's the dla, DLA. It's, it's right on route one the defense logistics uh-huh. agency it's a little base that's in richmond that uh, they store bombs and bullets and historic planes and parts and different things. That oh, my are, gosh. I never no knew idea. such a but thing it's, existed. It's, it's, it's right there off of Route 1. I forget the exit, but, yeah. It's, I it's, think I know it's, where it, I, I know it is. I, th- I think it did used to be. At least a p- portion of the base was called DGSC. Could be. Yeah, and then they've changed it, yeah. You were working on that project in particular? Let's yeah, we, we just bit. finished it. We, we just finished the project. Well, we're actually, I'm getting ready to go up after our meeting today to get a badge to get back on there for final commissioning <laughs> and inspections. Wow. That's why 
anyway, it, it came to my mind, and I said, well, let's <laughs> let's let them know a little history that yeah. I didn't know about between the German soldiers and the Japanese submarines. Very cool. Well, I'm going to let's, have to look into that. That's yeah, we're cool. going to have to Google that. We're going to have to Google that. Maybe make a stop on our way back to our offices in Richmond, take a lunch break there. Well, the base go. is pretty secure. you got to have... <laughs> That's the only thing. No, but look at it from the outside. There you go. <laughs> then they're gonna they're gonna pull up like, what are you guys doing here? <laughs> and Mac, if you're hearing this, man, go ahead and bail us out now. No, yeah. <laughs> but Bob, let's talk a little bit about you, man. Give us some background. How'd you get into the business, and why, what attracted you to it? Well, it's very unconventional. Um, most people don't get into it the way I did. I have a BS in business from Old Dominion University. My concentration was management information systems design. So I get out of college. I had three job offers. Um, I took Computer Sciences Corporation job offer and worked at Quantico Marine Corps Base for a couple years designing a financial system. Oh, called so that's S- how you got into Northern Virginia? Is that how it happened? Well, I, I was from here. I, okay, I lived okay. up in this gotcha. area. My father was a former Marine. So the accounting system was called SABER, Standard Accounting Budgeting Reporting System. It, it uh, stuck in my brain because it was such a difficult project, I could never forget <laughs> it. But anyways, we were, we were there to standardize the Marine Corps accounting system nationwide because every base, every outpost seemed to do things a little different. And that was back 35 years ago when we were trying to get everything on computers and, and, and going. So that's where I started. Well, we were doing these projects, and, and we got our first project done. And so we got a task order to get a second project. And I went to my project manager, and I said, hey, what are we doing next? He said, we're changing happy to glad. And I said, well, what do you mean we're changing happy to glad? We were do- doing this thing. It was a design methodology called Jordan Methodology. I don't want to get too deep in the weeds. But we pretty much had flow charts of circles showing the process you know step one two three four yeah so we do that at the initial stage of the functional design and then we moved on to going into more detail well he said bob just change your ovals your circles to ovals and make the wording different and you know you'll be fine we're just getting into a more detailed level and i said (laughs) we just handed them a stack of papers that was easily six inches thick and got paid whatever they got paid for and we're doing it again and it's just it just seemed like here I am, 22, 23 years old, and I'm thinking, there's got to be better things to do. Yeah. <laughs> so from there, I said, you know, I'm going to do something different. So I went out and decided I was going to get involved in starting a business. So I, I got involved with the property management company up in Fairfax County. They had zero properties. In four years, I built it up to 90 properties that we were managing. It was on the residential side. But we were very successful. But again, I was working seven days a week, 27 years old, just gotten married, getting ready to have some kids. And just you can't keep up that pace when you're married and getting ready to have kids. So I sold that portion of the business and got out of that and went into the investment side with that same firm. And of course, the economy crashes and... You know, I went from making really good bucks to just a little. So I said, "Ooh, I got a family to support. I got to look around and see what's out there because I got to be a little safer because my wife was now uh, pregnant with our first child. So a friend of mine called me and said, hey, I've got a friend in the sprinkler business. I said, what the heck's the sprinkler business? (laughs) And they said, fire sprinklers. You know, I said, no, I don't know. Let me come down and talk to you. She goes, well, the company's very successful. They're growing, but they need to be managed. It's like the Wild West. They got a lot of things going on and they need a project manager. And I said, well, let me see what you're doing. So I go down and meet the owner. He's the original entrepreneur, great guy, very successful. And I say, hey, what do you have going here? He said, well, we 
we install, design, and maintain sprinkler systems, and we need somebody to help out. He says, what do you know about sprinklers? And I said, I don't know anything. <laughs> I, said, I said, I was called down here from your comptroller because she knows that I've owned businesses and that I know finance and I can manage things. And I said, let me talk to you a little bit about what's, what's involved. And he said, he said, okay. So we talked a little bit. And then when we ended, I said, listen, I tell you what we'll do. I said, in six months, if you don't like me and I don't like you, we'll just shake hands and leave as friends. You know, here it is 22 years later, I was president of United Sprinkler. <laughs> so, so we got along fine. But anyways, that's how I got into the business. But, but what did I do? I didn't know anything. So where do you go? Well, I went out in the field. I went out and started working in the field. I started working with my ITM department. I got involved with the design department, put my hands on every single fitting, every single type of material. I learned it. I learned it. I got certified so I could go overseas to do these commissionings and things for the the embassies. And what you have to remember with whatever you're doing, you can transition and change, but you have to find out what path you need to take for your education or certifications to get where you want to go. And it just goes to show you, I was not even in that field, but I learned it over 22 years and was able to become part owner and president of my former company before we merged with Cavalier. So there's a lot of opportunities, kids, and you don't have to go to college. It's not a requirement. The president here and one of my partners, Joe Amberger, is a prime example. He started off as a helper. He's a tremendous entrepreneur and just grew and grew this company. And now he's been in business 26 years now. So we have to ask the question, did you take any career technical education courses uh, when you grew up? So, I mean, you know, you got business courses, typing courses, CAD courses, all that stuff falls under what we would call CTE. Absolutely. Not only did I take typing, but I did take welding. Oh, nice. I found out that I liked the welding. I took small engine repair. So I took um, small engine repairs in middle school. In high school was the welding. I don't think they would would let us in the middle school do that. <laughs> but yeah, I was I was involved in some of that, and it was kind of mandatory back in my day. I mean, they even had to take home economics. I can sew better than my wife. So I mean, there's there there's I can't a lot sew of, at all. <laughs> well, that's what I learned in, in home economics class: how to sew properly. I mean, it makes you independent and self sufficient. Yeah, independent living for sure. Absolutely. You want to say something, Mike? You know, you've had you know, experience with taking CT classes you've you've gone through the business world become successful did it by basically being a, a self-starter highly motivated taking on the task of putting your hands on every aspect of the business versus just you know because you came in cold with no experience you've obviously been successful coming from what we would con- I would call the CT world when you hear people say that this is not the path for their youngster. You know, it's not that you were knocking college, but... Some people don't even give CTE a look. Just yeah, to, it's, it's not even it. considered a lot of times. And it's. I think it's changing. What would you say to somebody that that's the first thing that comes out of their mouth? Well, I would say, one of the things I would say, have you asked your child what they like to do? What is... Yeah. What do they feel passionate about? That's that's one of the biggest thing. And the second thing I would say, I said, hey, go out and talk to some of the business owner that own the HVAC company, the electrical company. I have a friend that owns an HVAC company in Fredericksburg, Virginia. He's got four vans, and he does very, very well for himself. Never considered college, but is brilliant. And you talk to him, he's a fantastic businessman. He learned finance and the business on his own on the side, you know, taking some courses once he got in the business and saw where he had his weaknesses. But if you're smart and you're motivated, you know, he, he, he saw where his weaknesses were. The parents need to talk to the business owners, look at the trades, and look at I, I have a niece that 
got her degree in photography from Longwood University. It took her six months to get a job, and she ended up a bank teller. After $80,000 in student debts, hey, parents, can you hear that? $80,000 yeah. in student it's, debt. And it's, it's only rising. It's ridiculous. You know, if your kids are unsure about schooling, send them to the community college or technical school first on what they have a passion for. Car mechanics, you've got a Mercedes mechanics making a ton of money mm-hmm. because they're highly skilled, yeah. highly sought after. And, and they're very smart people. They just don't like sitting in a classroom and doing paperwork. Some people don't. I had a foreman that worked for me years ago. We used to call him Billy Goat. Why did you call him Billy Goat? Well, he had a long <laughs> beard, and he just looked like a Billy Goat. Yeah. But this guy would read physics books in his spare time. He could figure out how to rig up putting a 500-pound fire pump down a stairway with, with a rigging system, do it safely and easily. And it's like the guy learns the way he likes to and never went to any type of extra schooling besides on-the-job type training and what he learned in schools from his CTE classes. I mean, it's, it's not necessary, and parents need to realize that there are so many career opportunities out there in the trades that pay so much more money than what their kids could make in the white-collar world. One of the things that we have to do and what we're trying to do is to convince people that it's something that needs to be considered and thought of, thought through. So many students are going into college nowadays without the plan. They don't know what they want to do. And going in and spending that kind of money without an idea of of what the end game is going to be, I think is a really bad way of doing it, especially when you, you talk about the cost in the end and how they may end up with a job that will never be able to pay off that yeah, debt in a reasonable period of time. Absolutely. And then they're, they're putting off marriage, they're putting off raising children, getting the house, and because they're straddled with this massive debt. And when they could have, and I'm not saying that this is what's for everybody, just like you shouldn't sit in a point and say that everybody's built for college, not everybody's built for a trade, but there's so many, I talked to too many people that said, I went to college, I don't use any of it in my current career. And I didn't need to do that. I could have, you know, where I went to work, they taught me everything I needed to do, know, to be successful. There will be opportunities for your kids after they get out into the workforce. One of the big things that we're trying to do at the national level through the American Fire Sprinkler Association and through the Department of Labor is to get the apprenticeship program in high schools nationwide standardized so the kids can come out with the two years under general construction and safety so that when they go to work for whichever employer, whether it's electrical, HVAC, hopefully fire sprinkler, fire alarm, um, (laughs) we'll only have to put them through two years of school. So they come out of school at 18. At 20 years old, they're a full-fledged journeyman ready to make 20, 25 bucks an hour plus benefits. I mean, yeah, that's this, not bad. I mean, we, that's we have great deal. benefits in this industry. You know, they have vacation. They have actually paid sick leave, which is unheard of in the trades. We have 401k matching. We have life insurance that's paid for. We have seven paid holidays. We have medical insurance that's paid for the individual 100%. I mean, there's tremendous benefits that the parents don't realize. It's like, heck, your kid could come to work here, start off at a reasonable amount and get his training through the apprenticeship program. And he's going to be self-sufficient and God willing, the um, inflation comes down so they can finally afford to go out and buy houses and things and get married. <laughs> right. But, I mean, that's that's the potential, and, and that's what it should be. It should be that if somebody – if a couple has both has good jobs, you should be able to live comfortably in yes. whatever area you want to live. And, and Bob, let me, let me ask you this, because um, earlier you said something about um, helping out with the next steps as far as, like, if there is – 
schooling related to your area, you guys are willing to help in, in that regard. Yeah, and, and that's where I was going to. And oh, thank sorry. you for bringing me. No, no, <laughs> you brought me back in because he was he was talking about that earlier. And, and I wanted to say that, hey, it's just like, I don't want to say just like the military, but it's similar. You know, in the military, you can come out and they'll pay for your college. We'll pay for yours here. You know, if you yeah. want to go into engineering or design in our design department, or if, if you want to go into project management on the field installation side, or the inspection side to potentially be a manager in the future, get your associates first, and then go to your four-year. We have a gentleman working here now that's been working full-time and taking classes at VCU full-time in electrical engineering, which is one of the hardest majors out there. And he works full-time, and he goes to school full-time. Luckily, he's been able to take a lot of classes online because of Mm -hmm. COVID, because he would have to drive back and forth to Richmond a lot more. (laughs) But he's stuck with it, and he's going to be graduating in December. has two classes left to take and he's going to take those either this summer but he'll be able to graduate in December and he's taken him seven years that he's worked through us for that and he's done very well. well. Congratulations to him but yeah. Bob what is his current position? He's a mid-level designer Okay, and we're hoping to put him through school once he gets his degree as a fire protection engineer which will be additional schooling but a big certification that will make him more valuable as, as part of the merger of United and Cavalier, we're looking to acquire some engineering firms and some other sprinkler companies. And so we're looking forward to having them on board as one of our potential key players so you in said, the future. So, you, I'm sorry, Mike, I'll let you get, get there because uh, I'm, I'm hogging Bob's attention. <laughs> <laughs> so, Bob, you said a fire protection engineer. Now, that is a title I don't think I've ever heard before. What, what does a fire protection engineer do? Okay. A fire protection engineer is the guy that looks over the life safety, which is a fire alarm, the fire sprinkler, the means of egress through a building safely so that when they're designing buildings, he's the guy that's figuring out, okay, if there was a fire event, how do we get the heck out of this building safely? And he's designing the building to to meet those requirements, or if there's special requirements for earthquake seismic bracing and stuff like that. He's looking into some of that. But they are they are essentially professional engineers, like you would say, whether it's electrical, mechanical, mm-hmm. civil engineers, but they have a concentration in the fire protection field. And they're kind of a, a, a rare animal, and they're sought after. All of the U.S. embassies require a fire protection engineer that looks over all of our drawings mm-hmm. and that comes back and reviews the work that we've done besides the inspections that we do when we go on site, you know, they're kind of overseen and out there for any type of questions or interpretations of specifications or codes that we run into some small issues sometime. And it's hard when you're when you're in Mali in North Africa <laughs> and you're trying to find a uh, plumbing supply place to get a one inch elbow and you find one that looks like it's going to work, but it ends up metric and it's like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is something I do think about that. If you're going to go uh, outside of the United yeah, States, you might, you might run into that type of an issue. But isn't that awesome, Mike? I mean, I, didn't, I hadn't heard that job title before. I mean, before you came in here, Bob, me and Mike were talking about it. I said, Mike, I'm going to learn a lot today. Yes. Because, you know, kind of like you when you first got into the industry, I was like, I, I had no clue about this whole thing that was happening. I just knew we had sprinklers. You know, I didn't think about the folks involved with making sure they worked and, and the science behind how they work efficiently. Yeah, and it's it's a real simple system. It's just pressure and water for the most part on the sprinkler systems and for the electrical part it's just, you know, most of it's low voltage. People don't look up and look at the sprinklers above them. You know, if you see a guy walking around looking like me, my wife's always saying, "Quit looking up because I'm checking to see if they're within <laughs> 
Yeah. If I go in a restaurant, believe it or not, to go eating, I'm looking around for the means of egress. And, and here's a tip for everybody. When you're in a restaurant, don't go out the door you came into. Look at the exit in the back or the kitchen, because everybody's going to go running towards that front door if there's a fire. Oh, yeah. You, you want to go running towards yeah. the alternate. So that, that's what I do being in the fire protection industry. I look around, especially if I'm unfamiliar with the building or yeah. the restaurant. And it just gives me a, a sense of calm knowing that if something happens because you know you see a lot of bad things that happen in buildings especially if they're unsprinklered with kitchen fires and different things like that so you always you're always out looking and and my wife when i look up and check the coverage quit looking up you know (laughs) so when you talk about uh, an employee that um just like you were talking with the 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 young person that was going to vcu going the electrical engineering route what is y'all's part of that i mean are y'all involved in that you mentioned about programs or the the education they're getting is related to their job i mean is it a partial uh y'all helping to pay or so where are y'all involved in that he happens to be on partial scholarship on Mm -hmm. some of this but because it's electrical engineering it didn't fit and he wasn't sure whether he was going to the electrical engineering route but if he continues to stay after graduation and goes into the fire protection we'll pay for anything that's related to that could be a master's degree or it could just be his schooling to pass the test because it's a very extensive difficult test to become a fire protection engineer they have to take yeah because you were talking about that certification that that would be his next could be his next step with the company and y'all so y'all would help with that yes absolutely that's awesome because that's another thing that uh, that students and parents need to be thinking about and i think we've mentioned it before it's like the signing day we we're surprised when we see a student is, is coming out of high school with a job and they're this stack of benefits they're getting yeah. from the company that's hiring them. In your situation, if it's related to your business, y'all are helping to pay for that. And the same thing we're seeing with the students is that they're Oh, oh! The, uh, I'm trying to remember the uh, the science company. Um, Anton Parr. Anton Parr. Yes. Anton Parr. The student goes to work for them. They help them get their degree. Yep. You know, depending on where they want to go in the company, they can go associates. They can go masters yep. with, and and they take yep. care of it the whole route as long as they're with the company in yep. the process. We're seeing more and more of that happen. Yeah, students and parents aren't don't realize the benefits of the of there's so many companies out there willing to do this because it's a it's one they're taking somebody they're starting to train them from the ground up in their way, but also helping providing the education they need to be able to advance with the company. How many students are missing out on that because I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to go to college. I'm just going to go to college, but with no plan, no no direction, no idea. When they're missing the opportunity of being able to have a portion or more taken care of their education so they don't end up saddled with all that debt in a lot of cases and mike you mentioned signing day are you familiar with signing day at all bob i am i am it's 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 a great thing that they've come up with through the cte programs because it's just as important as the athlete that's signing in february for their scholarship oh, absolutely and and it gives the, the kids a sense of that pride okay i made it through this program and and now i've got people that are going to hire me i've got several people maybe that want to hire mm-hmm. me and and it's it's a it's a great big deal so what are some of the uh, positions uh, like say uh, if you guys were participating in signing day are you guys participating in signing day or hoping to participate in signing day what we're trying to do at this point with the American Fire Sprinkler Association Virginia chapter is, is we've made this connection with Henrico County and we're going to be more involved next year we'll be involved at the signing and hopefully have hopefully. some people that uh, are signing with our member companies because we have a group of eight or ten companies that are going to be looking to have people 
um, employed through Henrico County Schools and maybe some of the other school districts as so, well. So where is the most need in your industry? What, what are you guys looking for? We're looking for the entry levels. We're looking for the CAD designers. We're looking for the field installers. We're looking for the inspectors. We're looking for the welder trainees. Those type of positions are out there and available because we've got to move the next generation. Believe it or not, our two best foremen, one of them is 55 and one of them is 61. When I first got into this business, that was unheard of. My top guys were between 30 and 40 years old, and they would just have competitions and who can hang the most pipe, who's better, you know, <laughs> to try to be the Superman. Unfortunately, nowadays, it doesn't seem that anybody wants to be the best. They're like, well, you know, if I if I work too hard, then it might offend him. or, And, and I don't understand that thinking. But it's just crazy that our two top pipe fitters, one's 55 and one's 61, and they just, they're so efficient. Yeah. They're, they're almost like, they're so skilled. They're like the Leonardo da Vinci of fire sprinkler <laughs> hangers. I mean, it's it's that incredible. The Michael Jordan of fire sprinkler hangers go. right there. Yeah, they're, Bob, they're the goats. Bob, what you, the goats, absolutely. Uh, greatest of all time. What, you, what you're saying right there, Bob, is something that we're finding that's not unique to any one industry. We're seeing folks aging out, and we we need to re-up somehow and and get kids excited about that. But how do you think we can get kids excited about going into these industries? One of the things we're doing and, and is, is reaching out to Henrico County. That's that's one of the things. But we're also reaching out to um, refugee areas. We're also with the youngsters that are coming through those programs. Yeah. We're reaching out to other counties. We have some online stuff that we do through our website to try. But what's going to interest the kids? Well, it's just another job. Unless we need to bring them in is what we're trying to do. An internship Come see what we do. Come work for us a day a week or during the summertime in our CAD department out in the field with our inspection and testing crews and come see what we do because that's going to be the best thing. And then, and when we do get with them, we sit down with them and say, hey, these are the certification programs we offer and these are the education opportunities that you might have in the future if you would consider a career in the fire protection industry. But there has to be something that is a draw for them, you know, whether it's a career path that they like or training, but we have to offer that training. And we have other forms of training, if, such as when I'd mentioned earlier, the NYSET, which is National Institute for the Certification of Engineering Technologies. Well, they have certifications for the sprinkler layout folks. They have it for the inspection and testers. You know, the state of Virginia now has a requirement. You have to be a nice at level two to be an inspector. So you're a competent person out there making sure the sprinkler system and alarms are working. That seems like a very important job. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's incredibly important. And we have to make sure that we have good people out there and that they're doing it right and doing it correctly and that they have a lot of integrity and they don't leave a valve off because that's where the problems come in the fire sprinkler. You know, there's a valve turned off and we don't get any water. Right. So luckily, we have the technology. We have electronic devices on the valve, so we can tell now whether they're opened or closed okay. electronically. So that's that takes care of that. But we definitely have to offer apprenticeship. We have to offer the training pass, the certifications, and just bring them in and get a feel because most of the kids have no idea what fire sprinkler yeah. is or fire alarm. They have no idea that that's even out there. But then when you start hearing you talk about it, Bob, like it just makes me even more curious about the different things that are maybe unique to this industry. So what type of positions are unique to this industry? If I, I could put you on the spot here for a second. In the fire sprinkler and fire alarm industry, 
you know, once you have these certain certifications that are out there through NYSET, it, it, it increases your value, but it also, you can get a subspecialty, right? So you want to go in and say, hey, I'm going to do international work, or I'm going to get my certifications so that I have a good background check, I have a secret clearance, I can do some of these works around here, especially in the Washington, D.C. area. We have projects where you have to have special clearances to get into, so it's very unique to get into some of these government facilities and We worked on a contract years ago that uh, was inside a mountain near Camp David where the president goes each year. Yeah. And it was just incredible to drive in. You have to have all the backgrounds. You come down and the very front door is like a huge bank vault. So they open that up. You go inside. There's a three-story office building in there. They have a full cafeteria, restaurant. They have a water supply. And, and that particular area in Maryland is where the Joint Chiefs of Staff would go through all the militaries if something bad happened right. and there was a nuclear catastrophe, they would be inside that mountain working. And we were doing sprinkler projects. And we also did one on top of the hill because they had some radar facilities and some buildings up there where we had an interesting project where we had to figure out how to get a 200,000-gallon water tank up to the top of the mountain on these <laughs> narrow roads. <laughs> In pieces, of course. Oh, my goodness. And, and a big fire pump that probably weighed a 1,000 pounds up these narrow roads and get it installed. And It's unique because how many people do you know that install fire sprinklers or do fire alarm work? It's yeah. such a niche. Yeah. And once they get into it, it's something that they can take with them anywhere in the world. The codes are national and international. And so these codes that, that they deal with are transferable anywhere to get a job. And so they don't have to worry about any type of special training because if they get transferred to California or somebody ships them on a boat and said, hey, you're going to be working overseas for a little bit, you know, you might have to deal with some metric. But you know what? When I went overseas, I went online and I said, hey, Milwaukee, do you make a tape measure that's metric and English? And sure enough, they did. And that's $30 <laughs> I ever spent because I was going out there like a genius with my centimeters yeah, and I, yeah. I could break that down very easily in my reports. And, and, and once you start doing it, metric is pretty easy. It's based on tens. And so yeah. once you get used to it, it's just getting used to it. I think what we're seeing is what is we, it's like almost every show. We visit a business, talk to somebody in the, in the company, whether it's the president or it doesn't really matter. What we're seeing with these companies and what I don't think a lot of people realize is that with any of these businesses is the variety of careers offered by that company. You know, you say, oh, I'm going to go work for a sprinkler company. Oh, you're going to install sprinklers. Well, not necessarily. You just, you mentioned accounting. You've mentioned welding. There is pipe fitting. There is a, then the sales. Spe- I mean, the yeah. sales. You know, then you get the specialty certifications you were talking about. It just varies. And it's repeated across the industries. You know, no matter what it is, is that nobody thinks about, I'm going to come out of college. I'm going to come out of school i'm going to go work for a company that all they think of is the name of the company and what it's going to do they don't think about all the other supplemental type of jobs that make that company be able to operate hr we mentioned accounting yeah so much that goes goes on and on and on it's it's another obstacle we have to you know get past uh for students and 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 others to be thinking about when it comes to investigating these companies is that is there's a lot more than is their fa- what they you see on the face. There's a lot more to what these any of these companies are doing, and there's 
opportunities that could be missed if you don't pay attention. Absolutely, absolutely. And Bob, I wanted to ask you this, and this will probably be the last question, uh, unless your response <laughs> invokes another question. I say I got to get this on on, on record. Um, so, Bob, I mean, what do you what do you enjoy most about being in this industry? Why you know why stay as long as you have? What do you enjoy most about coming to work and, and being a part of these projects every day? Well, I think the biggest part right now is I'm uh, winding out the twilight of my career and, you know, I probably have another four or five years to have some fun. And if I'm having a lot of fun, I might stay six or seven years. But what I look forward to is, is coming in and being involved with the young people, trying to motivate them, getting them in our apprenticeship programs, watching, watching their faces when I put them through a six-week training class for their NYSET certifications, and they have no confidence that they're going to pass this test. And they get that 85 or 90. You know, stuff like that keeps me going, keeps me motivated to figure out a way to get a unique way to connect with the young people, with the older generation. I like to create a mentor relationship so they can come right to one of the owners. And, you know, I've got you as long as you're in here. You can walk in my office anytime. And even if you don't, I have an open door policy. But I'd like to get involved with the young people, educating, training, mentoring, whatever I can do. And, you know, they'll call me up sometimes for advice or something. And they may not like what I say because I'm pretty, you know, I'll, I'll be well, the stern old dad. It's, it's, probably good, it's probably good advice if they don't like it. I'll be honest with you. Oh, yeah, that's that's true. But but just just at this point in my career, trying to get the young folks motivated and involved and in the trades is is my passion i may even do that when i retire for free and just go around and try and because because i think it's important i think it's important that people know about the trade and and realize that the opportunities that they can feed their family or possibly even make a fortune yeah well thank you so much bob for being on Henrico cte now and uh sharing a little bit about the fire uh protection industry with us uh here at cavalier fire protection about to go guys but first i want to remind you facebook instagram youtube tiktok and twitter all at the handle henrico cte check out henrico cte.com for all the awesome information about what we have to offer students in henrico county may 24th signing day we will have that live just visit youtube.com slash henrico cte to get that live live stream will begin maybe a little bit before 11 we can't promise you when it will end also check out the summer program summer polytech and uh summer building trades almost forgot summer building trades visit henrico cte.com forward slash summer hyphen programs forward slash for more information on how your ninth and 12th grader can get involved in summer polytech or your rising 10th and 11th grader can get involved in summer building trades and bob you had something else you wanted to add yeah one more thing i just wanted to throw a plug in for yeah, the fire sprinkler industry plug away plug away okay um online for the national american fire sprinkler association it's firesprinkler.org that's firesprinkler.org for the virginia american fire sprinkler association website it's virginiaafsa.org and for the local company here um, cavalierfire.com that's cavalierfire.com if any of the youngsters want to learn more about the fire sprinkler industry and see all the training opportunities career paths visit those three websites or feel free to reach out and and even call me direct so yeah, I'll include that information in the uh, episode description. Yeah, he, and Michael, Michael put those links in the show notes uh, uh, for the uh, podcast audience, for the ra- live radio audience, just to uh, try to listen quickly and, and scribble it down as he's saying <laughs> it right there. Want to say it one more time for him, Bob? Just Sure, uh, sure. The um, American Fire Sprinkler Association national level, which is based out of Dallas, Texas, it's firesprinkler.org. 
That's firesprinkler.org. For the state chapter locally up in the Richmond area and for the whole state of Virginia, it's Virginia. AFSA.org. It's Virginia spelled out, AFSA.org. And then for the local company, CavalierFire.com. CavalierFire.com. All right. Thank you so much, Bob. Mike, tell them where they can find the podcast. 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 What is that? A podcast. Where do you they can, find it? You can uh, find uh, our podcast on all of your major podcast apps. You can. Um, most likely we'll be able to find it on all the minor ones also so look us up try and find us once you find us like and subscribe so you don't miss an episode lots of info uh, information out there that's already in past episodes so lots to listen to uh please come back and listen to us every month yep uh, shared uh, information about different industries uh, much like we just did here with uh, mr beckwith uh, thank you guys uh, for listening for mike roberts for bob beckwith i'm rashawn garnett this has been henrico cte now until next time so long everyone Wow.